You're listening to the VIC 757 Podcast featuring Dwight and Michael Vick talking all things tech. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition, episode nine of the VIC 757 show, talking all things tech. I'm your host, former All-Big East lineman and captain, Dwight Vick, along with Young Cuz, uh, the legend, the icon, all-conference quarterback, Heisman candidate finalist, Michael Vick, is in the building alongside with me once again. We're back at it, talking all things Virginia Tech, after a great win by the Hokies over Georgia Tech, yeah. the other tech in ACC. So, Cuz, what's good with you? How you doing? I'm doing good. Another week. Another week of progress, <laughs> I will say that. Uh, yeah, you know, man. It was good, it was, it was good to, to be able to talk a little trash to some of my Georgia Tech buddies this week. <laughs> well, you so, know. Uh, so it was good to share a little, you know, insight on the positive side. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's actually good, too, because, um, you know, you, you, you have G, uh, Newport News, you know, the 757 is your home. But, you know, everyone knows that Atlanta, as well as Philadelphia, and even Virginia Tech are your other homes away from home. And Atlanta yeah. was the place to be. You had Georgia Tech's homecoming. Virginia Tech went down there and got to care of business. Then, you know, the Braves got the World Series the Braves, championship. Shout out to the Braves, man. I, didn't, I never doubted it. Uh, I think back when I was playing in Atlanta, we was coming off of those championship seasons and trying to get back into that championship caliber form. So uh, it, it took 15 years. To get back, but better late than never. Yeah, man. Congratulations uh, you, to the Braves. Nah, congratulations, man. My wife was watching it, man. I was watching it when I could, and uh, you know, I, they kind of snuck up on me. I don't follow baseball like the other baseball connoisseurs. You know, the fans. I check it out during the playoff time, but the energy. My wife was down there a few weeks ago in the ATL for training for her job, and she was telling me when she was down there, the energy, the city was electric. They were really hungry for a win, and um. The Braves' yeah. first World, World Series since the 90s, man. Yeah, since the 90s. And I think the last championship, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, Atlanta United. I think they won a championship <laughs> a couple years ago. So, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the Falcons <laughs> winning the dance, man. It's, it might be a couple years, but, hey, anything is possible. So, shout out to the city, though. They deserve to celebrate. No doubt. And you hit this little nugget. Look at you doing the research. I would have. That was a trivia question. I would have not yeah. gotten that <laughs> Well, I Atlanta know that because Atlanta, because I know Atlanta United is owned by Arthur Blank, and anything he's involved in, anything he's doing, I got my ear to the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you get a chance? I know you were busy, you know, going to LA doing your stuff with Fox and traveling. You know, you got your daughters, your son. You got a lot going. Did you make time to catch the Hokies? They had a great win on the road, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, against Georgia Tech, twenty-six yeah. to seventeen. They finally finished the game. They finally right. got a win after breaking a three-game losing streak, man. Um, Brumeister had two touchdowns. Our guy, Trey Turner, had a yep. monster game, almost 200 yards receiving. Big Trey. Touchdown, big play Trey. Uh, Tavion Robinson stepped up. The offensive line, Hoffman, the center, they were physical. The running game was good. The freshman sensation, uh, you know, uh, Malik, I believe his name is, uh, uh, Malachi, excuse me, Malachi came on the scene. Malachi Thomas is killing it right now, so – did you get a chance to check them out? Yeah, I checked them out. And I, it's funny because I lay down at night around 1 o'clock every night. I'm a night owl. Yeah, and me too. 
I'm up catching the highlights, and for the last two nights, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech has been on. So I've watched the game two nights in a row, Sunday night and Monday night I watched the game. And, and I know we're doing a lot of things right, um, but naturally for me, I watched the quarterback position, and I watched Burmeister play a great game. And uh, he pulled it down and ran at times when he needed to. He looked real quick the other day, and I don't know what that's been, but that stood out to me. I thought the defense played aggressive. I thought they mm. hung in. The, they hung in there, and you know Georgia Tech. You never know what you're gonna get from them. They're always a formidable opponent. So we was able to go down into their house. It's not an easy place to play, and beat them. So you know, let that breathe a little confidence for the week this week coming up. Yeah, and this is a short week. Um, Virginia Tech turns around. They take on Boston College on the road um, Friday night in Chestnut Hill, a place you and I both had great success at. 7.30 kickoff on ESPN2. Um, Boston okay. College is struggling. They're at the bottom of the Atlantic Division. Their starting quarterback went out a few weeks ago. They just lost to Syracuse at Syracuse. They're rotating two quarterbacks. This is a chance for Virginia Tech to put some things together. They got Boston College, and after that they return back home for the last home game against Duke. Duke is really yeah. struggling. And then you got those two road games against UVA and Miami. So, you know, ironically, Mike, I looked it up prepping for our show. You know, everybody's been talking about UVA and Pittsburgh leading the um, Coastal Division, but Virginia Tech and Miami are right there. Virginia Tech at 2-2 two and two in the Coastal. If they went out and Pittsburgh still has Carolina, Syracuse, UVA, and another team left on their schedule, if Pitt slips up, a couple more times, and they just lost against Miami. Virginia Tech is right there. It's amazing. Yeah. Despite these losses, they're right there in the thick of things in the Coastal. Yeah, I mean, anything is possible, but I don't want to get the car before the horse with this group <laughs> right now. Look, I, I love where we're at. I love that we got a win, and it, it was a good win, but we got to really – focus on one day at a time, one game at a time right now. And, uh, you know, it, it's a condensed season and we got to make the most of it. So whatever has to be done in preparation to get ready to win these games, to make sure that the end of this year is promising and everybody can walk away feeling good about what they've accomplished. It has to happen within this stretch. And I'm super excited, man. I'm, I'm poised right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm poised <laughs> to see what happened. You know, it, it, it's it's cool because we got some excitement too, and we everybody's gonna be watching close. Everybody's yeah, no, no, I agree close. with you too, and I agree with you too. You know, I I, I didn't even know they were still kind of in it because when you're losing, everything is magnified. Like you know, it's, it's right. doom and gloom. You had some injuries, you had some games you didn't finish against Syracuse and West Virginia, even though that's the out of conference game. And all of a sudden, man, you look a win just kind of improves the outlook. But I'm with you. Um, this team cannot afford to look ahead. There's no one left on their schedule. They should feel like they're just going to walk in and win, even Duke. Yep. Uh, so I think this week they got to have that same approach. I do want to shout out the defense um, because yeah. uh, you, you shouted out Justin Hamilton's unit, and I thought those guys played great. But I saw Georgia Tech the week before, and we're going to have Danny break that game down, the Georgia Tech-Virginia Tech game. But I saw Georgia Tech uh, the week before against UVA on the road in Charlottesville against a hot UVA team. And they lost that game 48 to 40, but they put up 40 points and over 500 yards yeah. of total offense. Now, UVA's defense, as we've mentioned on this show, is really, really struggling, but their offense is elite. And yeah. Georgia Tech went toe to toe. As a matter of fact, in that game, they were up 13 to nothing on the road, and UVA came back. So 
um, Virginia Tech went on the road and held that unit to 17 points. So defense right. has to travel, and that's the one unit on the um, Virginia Tech team that I feel confident in. Minus that pit game, I feel like they've kind of shown up pretty much most of the season. Yeah, and that's why I say going into Georgia Tech, you know, and try, and winning the game on the road, that, that that's a hostile environment. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not an easy place to play. I've been to a couple games when I was playing in Atlanta to know what the atmosphere is like now. It was Joe Hamilton and those guys, Ralph yeah. Friedrich. It was a different era and, and, you know, different day and time. But still, like you say, they scored a lot of points the week prior. You know, they mm -hmm. scored a lot of points versus UVA. So, you know, to go in there and, and keep that holstered was, was a good sign for us, man. But where has that been over the last couple of weeks? But it, it goes to show that football is a complimentary game. Yes. Offense complement D and vice versa. And it's going to always be that way. It's never going to change. So that's got to be preached throughout, you know, for yeah. every, each and every season, each and every team that comes through Virginia Tech moving forward in all the sports. Yeah, no, you're right. It is a complimentary game. And I think, you know, the field goal kicker, Romo, uh, it's so funny every time they say his name, that's his last name. Romo made four huge kicks. I think he was four out of five on the day. Special teams showed up, and, um, you know, you, you combine that with some great defense, some opportuni opportunistic offense, and it felt like a little bit of a, the early 2000s, late 90s in, in Atlanta, man. So I'm happy for those boys, man. We're going to have Danny jump on here in a second and break down the game a little bit more in the notes. notes. I'll just say this, man. Um, Mike, when you look at the game and you look at Virginia Tech, um, you know, you, you mentioned being a quarterback. If you're a Brummeister, what do you do this week on a short week against Boston College on the road? How do you prepare? What are some of the things you would have done going back in your times in college? What's some things he needs to do to build on a good game, a good performance? Yeah, I would have told my coach, don't change nothing. <laughs> if you're going to change anything, change some formations, change the shifts, change the motions. We can green dog, we can show a different look, but we're going to end up in the same thing. And I'm comfortable with what we did last week and how we won the game. Let's try to execute that with a little wrinkle here and there because every mm. defense is different. Personnel is different. But, Coach, let's try to stay on script. This is what I like. This is what I had success with last week. Let's just make it look different but wind up in the same play when the ball is snapped conceptually. You know, so no nobody's thinking. We just get into the same spots. I'm going through the same reads. Yeah, and that's a great point, man. And now we're going to have Danny jump on and give us his insight in his weekly segment, Notes, Notes, man. And the one thing I'll say why Danny's jumping on to getting ready to offer his insight is I like the fact that they simplify the offense. They they ran the ball again, and uh, since Fuente's been more involved in the offense, they've been averaging 31 points yeah. a game. So, Danny, what's good, my guy? How you doing? What's going on, guys? How we doing today? We're doing great, man. What's uh, up, Danny? How you doing? You good? I'm hanging in there. You know, I, I, I just uh, it's it's been a it's an interesting time of year um, with the the baseball football crossover and and obviously basketball season starting up. So it's the best time of the year, uh, if if you ask me, though, when it, when it comes to being a sports fan. No doubt. Well, you know, for you, uh, if everyone this is your first time seeing our show, we got a loyal fan base that's jumping on the Vic Seven Five Seven show, talking to us. Think this is. This is Daddy Noakes, um, 
you know, our VT sports analyst, but he also does radio for 1067 The Fan. He covers the Wizards. He's he's a Northern Virginia, D.C. guy. He covers the Washington football team and our Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, so you should feel real good right now. I know your Nets fell short this year. The, the, the Braves won it, but your Wizards are off to a uh, five and what? Five and one, six and one start right now? They were uh, five. They were five and two at the at the start of the game that's being played right now at the time of this recording. So okay, okay. Uh, we'll we'll see where they're at going forward. There, I did love <laughs> hey, the Montrez. I love that Montrez Harrell acquisition, man. He's a baller. I really <laughs> like him playing with Brad. Yes, yeah, yeah. You got to talk about the Wizards after the All Star break, fellas. Come on, <laughs> very good point, Mike. I can't even catch the NBA this early in the year. Like I was just. Let me see. I was just watching the Nets, and they're playing the Hawks right now. Okay. And guess what the score? The score was 12-9. I'm like, <laughs> you got to be crazy to sit here and watch these guys run up and down the court for the next. I catch the NBA in the fourth quarter because yep. there's going to be so many mm-hmm. like lead changes and tempo swings. I mean, KD was on too, and I love KD. Shout out to KD. That's my guy. He know that. But I'm catching y'all. I'm catching them in the fourth quarter when they turning it up, when they really start balling. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Danny, you you heard Mike. So we're going to get back to the big scan. We're going to jump on the field. We're going to talk about tech basketball too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't Um, wait. Yeah, Danny, let's, what do you think, man? We finally got back on the winning streak. Virginia Tech snapped a three game losing streak. They lost some close games um, leading up to this matchup against Georgia Tech. It was a critical game. Um, they are now 2-2 two and two in the ACC, 4-4 four and four overall. Um, but Virginia Tech came down there in all three phases, as Mike mentioned before you jumped on, controlled the, controlled the game. Uh, Brumeister was efficient. Trey Turner, big play Trey that we've come to know and love, made some plays. Tavion Robinson was reliable. The running game the last three weeks is just, especially the last two weeks, has been great. What was your what was your impression of the Virginia Tech Hokies and against Georgia Tech? Yeah, man, it was just really good to see him get a win. And I think we should definitely start with the positives. And I think that definitely starts with something that you just mentioned, buddy. And that's the running game. I mean, for the second consecutive game, we felt comfortable about running the football. And and you have not been able to say that a whole lot during Justin Fuente's tenure as the head coach. And there's there's a lot of questions surrounding why that is because they have had talented backs mm. for his entire tenure. Maybe, maybe not the same quality as a David Wilson, Ryan Williams, or any of the other great backs we've had, but they're still very good. And you're seeing that with Malachi Thomas, who's now run for over a hundred yards in back-to-back weeks. And, and I really like that what we've seen from Raheem Blackshear, who with the emergence of Malachi Thomas has kind of taken a back seat a little bit, but I, I really want to see them make that more of a, a two headed monster. And, and hopefully that's a direction they're headed. Another point that you made there, Dwight, was the performance there by big play Trey Turner. I mean, what an absolute beast. He was out there. He was making plays early in the game, though. And, and I think that's ultimately what put Virginia Tech in a position to win the game in the fourth quarter. They came out and they started well. They don't do that so often. Even when they're playing at home, they come out slow. They let the bad teams that they're better than stay in the game and give them a chance to, to pull off an upset at the end of the game, or if you come out slow against some of those better teams, like against Notre Dame and, and, you know, uh, or North Carolina, then they'll, they're able to jump you on you early and snuff you out a lot of the time. Hasn't quite been that way. And each game has, has had its own unique, um, you know, flow to it. I mean, because 
my goodness, Tech has had three really crazy finishes that could have gone either way, and all three of them went against them in those scenarios. So it was great to see Virginia Tech just find a way to win, but the second half was sloppy, and there's a lot that we could talk about what they still need to improve upon because it's a lot of the same things that we've been talking about, guys. Now, this question is for both of y'all, and Dwight just said something before you jumped on, Danny. He said that for once they just started calling the plays, correct? Or no, he he's, gotten, offense? he's gotten more involved. So he stopped working with the scout team uh, uh, defense, I mean, offense or whatever. And he started spending more time with – he's been more involved as far as just working with the offense, you know, the meeting rooms and okay. practices. And since his involvement – and um, I've got this tech – you know, credit this, this information from Will Stewart at Tech Sideline. Um, since he's been involved – the running game has went through the roof, the, the rushing numbers, as well as the points per game is now at 31. Prior to his involvement, they were only averaging 21 points a game. So, Danny, you can speak on that. Yeah. I wonder why they, they didn't allow Fuente to get more involved sooner, if that's been the case. I mean, that's a, that's a very obvious jump in success, specifically in running the football. And, and it's funny because I just got done talking about how under Justin Fuente – they have never been a, consi- a, a a team that can consistently run the ball. And now that he's getting more involved, they're finally doing it. Where's that been? Where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. <laughs> he <laughs> handed over the reins to somebody else to handle the offense because I thought Fuente was the no, play caller. See, no, no. He is a known play caller. When Tech hired him, he coached, he called plays for Andy Dalton at TCU. He was OC. Right. Uh, uh, um, Dabble Sweeney almost hired him at Clemson. When he was there, he's still there to coaching, but he almost hired Fuente as the offensive coordinator. And when he was um, at Memphis, he was the offensive coordinator head coach. So he okay. is known for calling plays, and he's an but he's the head coach. He brought in Brad Cornelson, um, who is the offensive coordinator. But that's been the, the the claim and frustrating point with fans is that they have wanted him to take more and be more involved because he has a great history of play calling and, you know, he trusts his coaches. So he didn't, he's been reluctant to do it. Um, But from all accounts and all reports, these last few weeks, he's been more involved. Yeah. Well guys, uh, I mean, if if I'm out of context right now, I mean, I would think (laughs) that, you know, the magnitude of this season and the state of our program and, you know, there's a lot of things circulating. I would think that your best foot got to be put forward in, you know, for the 2021 season. And whatever has to happen to show promise needs to happen. If this is your strength, is this, if this is what you do, I understand having other people in position to, you know, be a play caller or try to become a great play caller or under your tutelage. That's okay. But this is big time college football. And when it's a lot at stake, and when jobs are on the line and families, you know, relocations and things. Mm. Come on, man, you got to bring, you got to, you got to step it up, man. Somebody got to take the onus. Like, okay, I got this. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, I'm kind of calling them out on this. Like, I would think that he would have been involved way sooner. Of course, we had some success earlier, but you got to see the big picture when it's all said and done. Maybe I'm jumping the gun. No, 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 no. Look, you, but look, I mean, if there's somebody got credibility, if, if there's someone that has credibility to say that, is you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, 
No, I mean, I, mean I, I don't even think it's about calling I'm, anybody out. I mean, I'm a little baffled right now. No, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm saying, glad we have a yeah. successful day. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm baffled. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and that's ahead, it. And, 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 he may, and Mike makes a great point, though. It's what I was saying earlier. Why did it take until week eight to make that decision? Week eight of year five or six of your tenure in the, as, as the head coach of this program, you know, we're, again, we're talking about things that have, that have plagued the program now for years at this point, the, the success of this year be damned because that kind of went out the window a few weeks ago. But I also brought up the fact that against Georgia tech on Saturday, there were a lot of things that they did poorly that they've been doing poorly all season long. And it starts with their offense when it gets into the red zone. I mean, good Lord, how many more times, are they going to stall when they get inside the 20? And again, they were able to move the ball all game long. Trey Turner was making plays. They were running consistently with Malachi, Raheem Blackshear. That comes down to play calling. That comes down to play calling on top of execution. Yes, but that's play calling when it happens game after game, which it did against North Carolina, even though they won. It's of course happened against Notre Dame in the most famous situation, but it happened against Syracuse and it's happened plenty more times throughout the season. And frankly, I'm sick of watching it. No, I, 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 D, I feel you, man. You know, at the end of the day, um, you and Mike are both right. And I definitely understand what you're both saying. I agree. I, I don't, we don't have the inside information on why it's taken long. Maybe he has been more involved before. I Could will be. say, I will say this is that, you know, like Mike said, and we've said this numerous times on this show. I've said this on other shows and radio segments I do. You have to put yourself in position every year. You can't – I don't think there's a football coach in America that could be complacent. I mean, what I mean right. is whether you're Alabama or you're Virginia Tech, you're Syracuse, or you're Norfolk State or ODU, nobody can rest on their laurels and say, well, this is what I've known for. This is what I did the previous year. This is what I did at Memphis or what I did when I was uh, TCU. You have to almost show, not almost, you have to show and prove in sports. It's just the way it works. I mean, even on a professional level, one of my favorite quarterbacks since Cuz retired, since Mike hung up the cleats in the helmet, is Lamar, Lamar Jackson. And he's killing it right now. And yet, if he has one bad game, the cynics and doubters rise out and they jump on him. So you always have to show and prove. And I think, you know, to your point, Danny, when I watched the game, I went back and watched it again the first half. They were looking great. And once again, despite winning the game 26-17, they had a turnover that they forced. Uh, Barno, the great DN number 11, forced a turnover. They, they, they hit the quarterback from behind, and they didn't score. And um, if you look at it, they had a good amount of points in the first half, but they didn't really score that much at all in the second half. And that on the road, you have to score when you get in the red zone and you get those turnovers, a sudden change. You have to, you have to make it count, man. They didn't score a touchdown after the first quarter. That's all that it comes down to. They did not score a single touchdown after the first quarter. And they moved the ball all game. They, their drives kept stalling for a couple of different reasons, but I'm going with play calling being the number one thing there because uh, it's just inconsistent all the time. Before, Danny, before, Mann, go ahead, go ahead, no, Danny Mann, Dwight talked about the schedule, mm -hmm. the remaining schedule. I heard Dwight's breakdown, and he gave me an amazing breakdown, and I believe it. But I, I, but I want to hear yours. I, you know, I'm the type oh, of guy that's something twice. Oh, hold, on, hold on, Mike. Hold on, Mike. Let me get to, to be fair to Danny. 
Danny, what I reminded Mike about, and I found this out, uh, you know, from David Till and Tech Sideline and a few other, uh, Andy Bitter, and Andy Bitter as well. But GN Tech, it's all this craziness, losing three straight. They still have a chance to win yeah. the Coastal. They, if they <laughs> went out and Pitt loses to UVA and loses to either Syracuse or um, North Carolina, Tech wins out. They win the division. Yep. So this yeah. is absolutely so. Mike, Mike hit me. I want to hear what Danny got to say <laughs> about the remaining <laughs> schedule because Mike yours hit me, was, he, was he hit me with the stop sign. He said, "You better <laughs> shut your mouth." Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? I was about to hold up my stop sign too because I don't want you to go breaking my heart again, man. That's what you're lining me up for. You're lining me up. One of my good friends, Doug Bowman, who I think uh, you're familiar with, Dwight. Yeah, he writes yeah. for Two Four Seven Sports. Uh -huh. He always tweets at the at the end of Virginia Tech games, "All aboard for the Heartbreak Express," because that's where Virginia Tech ends up every single oh, week. Man. It's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But so the, this this the stretch of four games here coming up, gentlemen, is is very interesting because for at least the next two weeks, I think Virginia Tech should be significant favorites. And that's despite everything that's happened this season. They're going to go on the road against Boston College on what's a little bit of a shortened week because they're going to play it on Friday night. And going up there and win it in Chestnut Hill, as you both know, is not easy. That's a tough place to go and it win is. a football game. And it has been for Tech, too. Every time they go up and play Boston College, the Eagles give them everything that they have. But this Boston College team doesn't have quite the defense that they've had in, in years past. And now with Virginia Tech, kind of in a rhythm running the football. And if, you know, whatever Fuente's been drawn up here the last couple of weeks, if they continue to do that and they execute and they get out in front early, you can you can put that one to bed pretty soon, I would say, in, in early on in the game. Now, they're going to have to play a little bit better defense and certainly just have to play overall better in the second half to beat Boston College this week because there were some defensive lapses in the second half against Georgia Tech. They allowed some more big plays. It's been their Achilles heel for as long as I've been on this earth. And you can't allow that to happen again on the road because the reality yeah. is three of your last four are on the road here. You're at Boston College, but then you come back home and you get probably the worst team in the ACC. You get Duke. And you don't count your chickens before they hatch, but darn it, if you don't come out and beat Duke by at least a couple of touchdowns. Oh, right my field. <laughs> and, and you guys know that'll be senior day too. So that'll, yeah. be, your yeah. that'll be the day you honor Represent. your seniors. You got yeah. you got to go win that game. So yeah. if if at that point Virginia Tech has has gotten through Boston College and Duke, we're talking about them having won three games in a row. The last two games are the last uh, that those are the games that have scared me the most all season. Before we even lace them up against UNC, I said it on 106.7 The Fan with Grant and Danny a couple of months ago at Miami and at UVA back-to-back -to, -back to finish the year is what scares me the most. Miami's mm. without De'Ara King now. They're without their starting quarterback. So, in theory, going into Miami, which is normally a library when it comes to atmosphere, right? <laughs> Where they play down there, those, student, those students don't want to travel all the, way to, all the way out there, especially when you got so much else to do in Miami. So, yes, I think Lord. that's a very – it's a very winnable game, <laughs> but it's just a place where Tech doesn't normally play well. And then yeah. anything goes against UVA in, in the final week of the season. Anything and, goes. UVA is clearly playing better than they than we are right now, Dwight. Offensively, so, offensively they are. Right, uh, right. And, but and, and keep in mind, we're going to know a lot. They're on the bye week and they have Notre Dame. But I stayed up and watched that crazy game. They lost to BYU 66 to uh, 40 something. I don't know. It was a yeah. crazy It was shootout. a good game. Yeah, it was. It a, was. I was loving it. It was like playing Madden. But, uh, but, um, <laughs> 
uh, Armstrong, their quarterback, uh, got hurt. Left and uh, yeah, prayers for yeah. him. Um, I know that's our rival, but I don't want to see anybody get hurt. That guy was playing his way into a Heisman uh, finalist appearance, and um, yeah. it's tough. So they may not have him, or he may be limited. And this is why we watch the games, Danny. Um, we appreciate you jumping on tonight, man. As always, you came with that fire. Thank you for giving us that insight, and you and Mike give me the stop sign. I'm just giving our fans <laughs> some excitement. You know, I'm giving our fans some excitement, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, something to look forward to, man. Some optimism. That's my favorite yeah. word. I love that word, optimism. Yeah. Yeah, I Mike love it this, too. yeah, Mike hit this with some good ones. Optimism, baffle, you know what I'm saying? Baffle. <laughs> I was taking yeah. aback. <laughs> I was taking aback. Yes, All right, sir. Danny, man, we appreciate you. We'll Thanks, see you next Danny. week, man. We'll talk to you this weekend. Appreciate Always you guys. Good. Hey, one game at a time. One game at a time. Let's no go doubt. Let's do it, baby. We all in this together. We all in this together. All yes, right, sir. all right, all right. Talk soon. Talk soon, right. boys. Salute to you, man. Appreciate you. Danny, once again, coming with the notes, notes, man. Um, now, Danny gave us some – and he he breaks it down. I love his honest assessments because he's right, man. Tech, man. You know, he reminded me, and I forgot all about that. They won the game 26-17, but the reason why I shouted out our kicker Romo is because they didn't score a touchdown after the first right. quarter, which and it's crazy because right. if you watch that game like we both did, they were moving the ball well and they even got a couple of turnovers, especially that one when they sacked the quarterback. But yeah, we'll turn our attention to bringing in uh two legendary, legendary Hokies, man, William Boatwright and also Melendez Bird are joining us, man, jumping in, uh, Virginia Tech. Talking all things Big 757 show, man. I'm really excited to get these guys on. Back. Yeah, we're going back, getting some real OGs for the job to talk you know, tech, you, man. You <laughs> know, that, I love that about um, our school, our program, man, when you can go back and, and, and find the guys who helped pave the way. Like, these are guys who, like, helped cement the legacies around Virginia Tech in, in, in terms of, you know, creating a structure, atmosphere, you know, how we supposed to conduct ourselves. Like I say, we, my generation was only able to look up to you, Cornell, Corey Moore. But, man, it was dudes that was before us. Like, I used to look on the wall and see who was the uh, center, Jim Pine. Jim Pine. Yeah, and then yeah. they say he played in the pros. And I'm like, these dudes was phenomenal, man. Like, I wanted to be like those guys, Drunken Miller. Like, yeah, man. man. We, got, we got history. <laughs> we got perennial players who played the game for us, man. Like, we played a lot of good players. And, Mike, I'm so glad you said that, man, because I want to welcome Melendez Bird and William Boatwright both to the Vic 757 show. Gentlemen, Melendez, Boat, how you doing? What up? What up? How you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Hey, I'm hearing Mike talking about Drucker Miller and Corey Moore and uh, yeah. you know, guys like that, and I'm thinking, those are young guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why. That's why. I, look, I, I'm I'm excited about this because I want to get caught up to speed on your era and what that was like. I'm, I'm very intrigued about the, you know the story and the, the history of Virginia Tech, man. Let's take yeah, it man. back. Man, that's a grind, man. That's just things that uh, be thankful you guys came in when you did, man. <laughs> I came in, Coach Beamer's what first you say year. That? It was it was rough, man. You, we were talking irregular Chuck Taylors. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off grades, cut off grades, yeah. man. The cut yeah. off grades, man. Well, what was y'all doing in the cut off grades? I mean, training in them, walking around them. Hey, man, that was pregame. <laughs> Stop. 
Oh, now, I kid you, you know, not. Now they man. got the breakaway sweatsuits and all that. Yeah, Lester, <laughs> yeah, Lester writing uh, VT and your number on your gray, gray sweatshirt. Oh, they, yeah. Oh, hold on. To be fair, in 94, when I got there, they were doing that. You know, when Mike, when Mike got there, my last two years, we got sponsored by Nike, my red shirt junior year. So they knew they knew about Mike coming. This is before the Michael Vick experience. I think man. I think we had Nikes, man. <laughs> I think like my in 1991, we got some we got Nikes. We went oh, my, sophomore year. Yeah. We got my sophomore year. Okay. <laughs> Melendez, Melendez Bird. So let me just let me let me, look. I'm I'm gonna introduce this guy. Let me tell you guys something right now to all our viewers. Mike, I've told you a little bit. So you have victory life. I do I do so many things in the community. I've been recognized. I've got boys and plaques, been on radio. When I was playing at Virginia Tech, Melendez Bird was a legendary linebacker at a Bethel High School, played in the golden area, golden era of Melissa District Sports. You're talking about back when you had Eric Hunter, all these household names, the Gale brothers at Bethel, all these Hall of Fame players, you know, that went on to the NFL in college, right? Melendez came back um, to Virginia Tech. He was working on his graduate degree. He's now a professor. He came back. And I'm tight with his wife. I believe I introduced y'all. I got, you know, I was part of that. You know, you and Linnell meet each other. The connection. The connection. So Melendez comes back. And he he immediately takes to me and puts me under his wing, gives me a jump rope, just talks to me. Every day he was giving me jewels and just telling me stuff to do. He then goes back to finish his pro career. He goes and he's back home in the 7570. We'll talk about him coaching high school ball in a second. But. Melendez, when he was coaching at Heritage High School, um, where he helped coach Newsom and those guys win the state championship, every time I had a bye week or off week, he said, Big Vic, come down here and speak to my kids. Um, then he would tell me, hey, I just signed you up. They're going to pay you a little something. Go speak at Norfolk State. Go speak at this high school. Go, and I used to be like, what, man? I'm trying to get on these sticks. He was like, nah, nah, I'm already, I've already beat you on them sticks. I need you to speak. <laughs> Because when he was there in the summer getting his degree and working out, he would play video games. But I just want to thank you right now for joining the show and also being part of my journey and challenging me. Because you were like, look, you will get a chance to leave, bro. But I'm already <laughs> in here. I need you to focus on tomorrow. I need you to focus on your future, man. Melendez, man, what's good with you? Hey, man, look, you know, back then, man, uh, just looking inside you, you know, I always knew you was designed for greatness. And um, I basically did you how William Boatwright did me. <laughs> wow. You, you're looking at, uh, Michael Vick, you talk about you want to hear it from the old days. William Boatwright was my mentor. So everything that the white Vic just said about me, I can say the exact same thing about Boatwright. Because I remember when he got drafted from uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, we went and saw him play in the Hall of Fame game. Was that against uh, Dallas Cowboys? The, uh, the Jets. Oh, the Jets. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Herschel Walker was playing with you all, right? Correct, yes. Right. And uh, Reggie White, was he on that? Reggie was still, that was the year Jerome Brown died, yes. Right, right. That was, and uh, because we came up to visit you, it was me, John Jeffries, and a couple other guys. Uh, we got to meet Reggie White and talk to him. And um, But everything that both Wright did for me, I did for Dwight Vick. And, and and what you say, Bo Wright, when I said, you got me, you better get me out. <laughs> How did hey, it man. go? I, I, Vic, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I get back to grad school, and uh, I start a grad program in a, a couple of years. A year or so later, Melendez comes in. He starts the grad program. 
and he, um, I'm over in academic advising. He comes through and he says, hey, man, you got me in this. You're going to get me out. We're going to work it together, bro. We got this. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Hey, Boatwright, um, you know, you you were at Tech 87 to 19, eight, 1992, right? Right, so right. you were there when B Frank Beamer first got there. And yes, sir. You, but, but what people don't realize, and I mentioned this before, man, when we had Antonio Freeman on, because um, he came uh, right before I got there, right after you guys left. Um, people don't realize, man, um, you know, you guys back then were an independent right before you joined the Big East. In those years, y'all right. played the number one. I looked this up. The number two ranked schedule, the number one ranked schedule, and then top five schedules. Y'all were playing – South Carolina, Oklahoma, Florida State. When they had Deion Sanders, just talk about the really. We yes, yes, cause I look, I knew this, but I went back and looked it up to prep. You know, both just talk about you know being an independent program, and in a lot of ways, you and John Jeffries and Von Hebron, all of you guys, you guys, we y'all didn't have the bowl game streaks. Y'all were basically coming from the mud, kind of so, putting the bricks up. So we, I come in in '87 and. Coach Dooley had just left. They just won the Peach Bowl. And uh, Coach Beamer comes in, you know, comes, sits in my living room, tells my mom that she lets me come to Tech. She'll make sure I graduate and I'll take care of your son, you know, all this good stuff. So I um, traveled my first year in redshirt. And then I, you know, we go to uh, redshirt freshman year. And I heard you tell the story about, you know, you telling your parent, your dad, you're going to take that smooth shirt. I remember yeah. you hearing you say I, that. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I saw Cornell and Jim Barron. I'm somebody to take a strong red shirt. <laughs> Look, bro, <laughs> my first year, we're doing Oklahoma drills. And I'm hearing shoulder pads crash like cars. And I look over and there's a dude named Poppy Marana. There's mm. Scott Hill and Jimmy Witten and some of these dudes, man. I'm like, please don't put me in there. Please don't put me in <laughs> Yeah, I was saying the same thing when, it, when Coach Buster was trying to throw me in, yeah. throw me to the wolves. Who was our quarterback? Well, so I had, so Will when Fear. I got there, Will Fear was our quarterback. He was the same year okay, as Will Fear. Yeah. yeah, and Eric Chapman was uh, was there the year before, and he played uh, my uh, first year. So, yeah. uh, Big Vic, we go down and play Clemson first game. Now I don't start, and I'm a. You know, there's me and Eugene Chung played on as was a guard. I was a tackle our first year. Then we flipped. I went inside and he went to the tackle spot. And we go to play Clemson and I don't start. But after three plays, Coach Marshall, who was the O-line coach at the time, turns around, looks at me and Eugene and says, hey, Boatwright, Chung, y'all go in next play. I'm turning around looking for who the hell Boatwright is because uh, I wasn't going out there. It was got his name. Uh, 83,000 people in Death Valley, man. I go out there. I look across the ball and I see Michael Dean Perry as a defensive tackle. Mm, um, mm, mm. I look back, I look at the linebacker, and there's LeVon Kirkland. And outside right. is Jesse Hatcher. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Woo! What was the final oh. score? Hey, man, we hung in there. I think the final score was something like 21 12, something like that. I mean, it was a close game. And, and like all of our games, though, you know, we weren't winning a bunch of games, man, but we came in under probation, um, scholarship limitation. So we're hanging with folks for three quarters, but, you know, yeah. we're playing Florida State, and I'm seeing my fourth defensive tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what's funny? And I knew this from talking to – shout-out to Bruce Garns and John Berlin. We always show them love every episode because they were yeah. the historians because they've been there from day one. 
And I I got a tape Shane Beamer gave me of the 1990 highlight season, the 87 season. So I, this is back when I, when I was younger. I used to watch this stuff. And, you know, to Boatwright's point, y'all were playing Clemson. Y'all played Miami when they were number one in the nation. But the games were close. The game y'all had at Florida State, they moved the game to Orlando yeah. for fans. But that game was close. In a book uh, Bobby Bowden had out back in the day, he said, this is before the rise of Virginia Tech, the toughest teams they had to play were Virginia Tech, not the Miami Hurricanes. This is in the late 80s and early 90s, man. I tell you, you know? Coach Dutra used to say, we ain't bad, but bad don't mess with us. <laughs> so we give them a game, man. We, so, you know, good times, man. We would play hard, man, but it was just that we needed those couple more pieces, you know, a couple more pieces, and we were to get over that hump. But it was yeah. good setting that foundation because the things that we were doing, it's good to see. And I did an interview my senior year, those senior videos, and I talked about this program. You can see where the program was going. You can see where, you know, we're getting some great folks in. And I said, you know, you'll start to see Blacksburg grow. You'll start to see um, getting top-tier recruits coming in, and you'll start looking at winning national titles and getting opportunities to win. And so I sat in that stadium down in uh, New Orleans watching Mike and the boys, um, and I, I'm telling you what, I about lost my damn mind going into the fourth quarter. So that's some great yeah. memories. Thanks for that, my man. Yeah, Melinda. Yeah, it was a fun I, game. I want to ask you this, man. Um, you know, you my big brother, man. You and Bo Wright. Now I, I remember us linking up at the spring game when Mike was still playing in the league. But you know, we went back to watch the younger guys. And um, you know, every time I'm around you, man, Melendez, we got two of the best Virginia Tech storytellers. If you think I'm legendary, these two guys, they are great storytellers. But Melendez, just take us back, man. Take me and Mike back because you played when me and Mike, you know, we were in middle school. He was younger than me. You were playing in the Hampton Bethel days, you know, when the Peninsula District, if you went, if you lost two games, you weren't going to the playoffs. And you played right. against um, Eric Hunter, who was a parade All-American, went to uh, Purdue and was the Big Ten Rookie of the Year. You know, him and Aaron Spurl were, the, you know, they were the Michael Vick, Ronald Currys, and Aaron and, and Aaron Brooks you know, Alan Novices right. before they were those household names. Right. You and you went to Virginia Tech. And at that time, everybody was going to UVA. You know, you played, I had Tim Johnson on the uh, Victory Life Legacy Spotlight. Tim Johnson, the great linebacker that went to Wake Forest and North Carolina AT. He talked about how you were one of the best linebackers. That linebacker core for Coach Kozlowski at Bethel High School was legendary. Um, yeah. just talk about that time and how you ended up getting to Virginia Tech. Well, actually, um, to tell the truth, I was—I didn't plan on going to Virginia Tech first. Um, actually, I planned on going to UNC first. And mm -hmm. I was with Michael Vick, your very first JV coach, Marcus Washington. Yeah, Coach Washington. Oh, that was <laughs> yes. my guy. Oh, hey, man. Marcus Washington. Man. Yes, Marcus Washington was my best friend. Yeah, I came to Bethel High School. We were best friends. He was in my wedding. You know, our goal was to go to UNC. So, and actually, I can I can go back even further than that. I can remember when Bobby Ross started at Georgia Tech, and he came into Coach Kyle's office, and he said, I want Melendez Bird, Todd Kelly, and Marcus Washington. I want to offer a scholarship right now. I want these three guys because I can believe they can take – take us to a national championship. He handed us his brochures 
we're looking at their uniforms. I didn't know nothing about Atlanta. You know, I didn't know uh, back then in, in 1988, 89, that Atlanta was the Mecca place or whatever. <laughs> All I know, I looked at their uniform. Yeah. They had those big black and gold fishnet looking uniforms. I like, nah, we ain't going there. Todd Kelly like, <laughs> but originally I wanted to go to uh, UNC first, but because I didn't pass my SATs, um, um, I they they dropped me, you know. Um, but Coach Cos always wanted me to go to Virginia Tech. Now, when I went on my visit, I visited Maryland, um, um, but my best visit was at Virginia Tech. Um, and my host was John Jeffries, one of the best running backs, and William Boatwright. Those were my two hosts when I came there. So regardless, after that, I didn't want to go to UVA because then Marcus went to UVA, Marcus Washington. And um, Dwight Vick, I also played with Dwayne Knight. He coached you all that year. Yeah. Well, no, he coached Mike. No, man. Right. He coached right, right. me. Yeah, coached Coach Knight. Coach Knight. And Coach Washington was my so JV coaches. And we was, man, great coaches. I just say that. Yeah, Dwayne Knight, we we came in together. I, you know, Dwayne, we had a great class. I had we had Bond Heverin, Kirk Alexander, Rusty Pendleton. We had all these great guys. But I I knew you were gonna be great because I was hearing it from Marcus Washington and Dwayne Knight. It was like, man, we got this guy named Michael Big. He the real deal. I think you played like one or two games on JV. And then you went up to varsity, and the rest is history, right? Yeah, I played. Well, I played. I played seven games on JV. We were seven and zero, and then they snatched. Okay. Me. So, but <laughs> but I give a lot of credit to. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to Dwayne Knight. I used to pick his brain yeah. all the time about Virginia Tech. When he first told me he went to Virginia Tech, I was like, "Where the hell is Virginia Tech?" Right, right, right. And he had to pull out pictures and show right. me, and because you know I'm watching as a kid, I'm watching UNC and Clemson and Maryland and Florida State and all those teams. And so he, he kind of introduced me to Virginia Tech and to hear that you played with him in that era, man, that's, that's super hey, hey, cool yeah. because, D-Night you know, he was a good football D-Night player. D-Night did a lot of growing up in order so, to be your coach because I remember that cat when he was a freshman, man. He was uh, – Yeah, I heard he was stories. Open. I heard open. stories about oh, Hold on, hold on. I heard hold stories on. about right. thank you for breaking the ice and talking about the elephant in the living room because I was over thinking – when I was before Mike got to tech, I was there and he was our study hall monitor. And that dude oh, was man. that dude told us one day, he said, I'll fight y'all. You know what I'm saying? Cause we weren't listening. Dwayne Knight used to walk around and I won't even there with him. This is when he came back. He was walking around with a baseball bat, the little miniature one. And yeah, he, yeah, and, and yeah, he, had, yeah. he had a little he had a little black book bag. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 shout out to Dwayne Knight because Melendez, I'm glad you touched on it. Um, rivals in 247 sports didn't exist back then. It was Tom Lemming, Roanoke Times, Daily Press, Sporting News. So you didn't have that many publications. So there were a lot of guys that were really good ranked, but we didn't have the media exposure because that class you just mentioned, John Jeffries and all you guys, you know, I look back, man, I'm just like, that's crazy because you guys played a great schedule. Um, y'all had talent, but you know, it there were games and seasons you couldn't you guys couldn't finish a game. It was always Absolutely. close, you know. Absolutely. Um, just I want to ask you guys this, you know, because we have we still gotta do our hokey trivia and our hokey shout out. So we can do this all night. But I do want to ask you guys this, and um Melendez, I'll start with you. Um, 
you led the team in tackles your senior year. Um, you played against some talented quarterbacks. I, I you know, I joke because I still trip off how you played against Brett Favre when he was at Southern yeah. Miss. Yeah, he played yeah. against Brett Favre. Didn't you pick him the off? Hurricane. Didn't you pick him off? Did you get an inception of him? I think I, I, I think I did. Yes, yeah, I you picked him off. Yeah, yeah. Off to the left side. I didn't I didn't get a touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but but um. When you look at Virginia Tech now, I'm not talking about, we'll get to the state of the program in a second, but when you and both, Melinda, I'll start with you. You know, we talk about that class, Dwayne Knight and all you guys going to Tech. And you look at Tech now with the entrance, the, the seating up to, to almost 70,000 now. The campus is, continues to throw new buildings. They got 9,000 uniform combinations. They're in the ACC. They won the Coastal Division six times. They got four conference titles in the Big East. When me and Mike were there, they were winning and, you know, sold out. The, sold, the sellout street started my red shirt senior year. Did y'all, did you foresee that? Because you guys came in and set the tone. Did you, Melinda, see it? Was, did you in your mind say, you know what, Beams is going to yeah. get them there? You did? What gave, what gave you that? Well, well, one thing, Boatwright actually predicted it. Because if, if you listen to the, I think it was the 1990 senior, and when Boatwright said I, I forgot, but he basically said the foundation has been set for this place to grow. And so Boatwright actually had the vision of it. And then I had my own vision because every year, you know, at the end of the year, how you meet with Mike, uh, I mean, with, uh, with Frank Beamer, you have your mm -hmm. individual. Every year I kept saying, Coach Beamer, I don't want to play in this defense. I hate this defense. It's horrible. We're playing on wide tackle six. This is this That's horrible. And I kept saying, I said, Coach, I'm not getting 100 tackles. <laughs> you know, I was getting 99, but the wide tackle six is, de is designed for multiple players to get 60 tackles plus. Yeah. And, um, and then right, up, right after I graduated, uh, Almation comes in, um, Steve Almation, they change the defense, and then the linebackers go to making 120-some tackles a game. But um, – but I did have the vision of seeing that Virginia Tech was going to be great. Um, I remember I even asked Coach Beamer, and we have all black uniforms. Mm. And uh, you know, okay. uh, alumni, they're not going to like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerome Preston, he had said something about that. But we did get all black sweatsuits. Were you yeah. all right with the black sweat? Did you do that? Oklahoma, yes. We uh, travel with those. Those are my, I've seen my senior year, yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. We played down in Oklahoma, right, yeah. That was a good game right there. Oklahoma. That was an awesome game. They had some so ballers. So y'all got black sweatsuits. Right. And coach, got you, and coach got you out of that Tecmo Bowl defense. Because that was a Tecmo Bowl defense. Wide tackle six. Hey, hey. I seen that somewhere. Coach, that's a Coach Mike Smith special, man. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? What you say? Way. What you say, Melendez? Um, the wide tackle six. The last time that happened was in 1992 when we won two eight and one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's when we was winning every game and then lost every game in the fourth quarter except against Miami. And I think Miami was number one in the nation at that time. Yeah, y'all we, lost the game wow. 43-23 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, damn, you know. Right. Damn, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, hey, I, you know, I, I'm the producer. I got, I got to look this stuff up. But look, you know, the reason also I remember that game is because, um, you know, when you're being recruited by Tech, you go through and look at the media guy. You look at the scores, and this is when 
the Miami Hurricanes were the U, not the U they got now with the fake chain and all that manufactured hype. They had, there was a story I heard about from Antonio Banks and Tyrone Drakeford where Miami's receivers, they, uh, this one they had Lamar Thomas and they had all those great receivers. They were in the game going against the defensive back, telling, running the route saying the ball should be coming right now and turning around and catching it. <laughs> they were just so deep and talented. And it's amazing because not only that, the following year, 93, Tech went down there and battled them in the old Orange Bowl, lost, I think, 24 to 3 or 24 to 6. And then the following year, um, you know, a few years later in 95, Tech beat them. And then they had that streak against Miami. Um, Mike, I, I don't know if I told you this. I, I'm going to put both right on the spot. Uh, but 57, the number, the jersey 57. Is legendary in uh, Virginia. Let me tell you, and I know our fans that are watching this, our Dalhart fans know this. Um, Wyatt Teller has worn it. Anthony Davis wore 57. I wore 57. I can't remember everybody, but that number was made, in my humble opinion, and Boatwright, you may have somebody before me, that number was made famous before, before me with Boatwright because when I got there, they're giving you the jersey. Lester gives you a jersey. And you go take the pictures and you get, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And I remember in the old weight room, not the one that, not the new one they have now, the one, not the one that they had at Castle, the Merriman Center, the one before that, the dungeon, the old hot black weight room. There, oh, yeah. was, a, there was a picture of Boatwright squatting and everybody standing around him. And that squat record might still stand. And, and, and I remember seeing that and the ball was bending. There were so many plates on the ball. And, you know, Gentry and Coach Witt, Nostri and coaches, Coach Sandy Santa would wrap your knees when you were about to squat. And I remember when I got that jersey, I knew about Boatwright because my dad used to preach on the Eastern Shore. And I grew up with Ace Custis and Todd and T.J. Washington. Those are my family. That, that's, those are my brothers. But everybody on the team, Hank Coleman, those guys, like, yo, you got to rep that jersey right. You know, that's Boatwright, William Boatwright. And... <laughs> And then they looked at me and said, you don't believe me? Look at the wall right there. There's a picture of Boatwright squatting. How much weight was on that bar again, Boat? Oh, man. My back will tell you in a minute. <laughs> now, <laughs> seven, I think uh, my max was 755. And, and that day, wow. in the gym, I probably could have gone about 840. Hold on. Hold on. Wow. Don't say it. Hold on. Hold on. Say it I again. I was there that day. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. How much was on the ball? Seven hundred and what? Seven fifty-five that day. I think Vic that day I was I was ready. I probably could have gone about eight eight forty probably that Bruh. day. Bruh. What made you stop? Uh, it was <laughs> you don't you don't once well, you I mean, get there. <laughs> no, nah, that's a one-time deal, bro. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Coach right. G, G put a max on that. He said, uh, "Time out." All right, <laughs> but, uh, got you. That was good you know, move. So, Prior to that, um, that my junior year, Coach G uh, pulled me over and asked if I wanted to compete in some powerlifting competition. So, and I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'd done it in high school. is one of the things that you know, I enjoyed doing. And that's probably the reason, you know, when folks talk about why they went to Tech, um, you know, I got recruited probably by about 20, 30 schools in order to uh, play out of high school. And Lenny, Lindez talks about um, UNC, and they were one of the schools that had offered me an opportunity until the coach came to visit. He came in and he says, Man, you look taller on film. I said, "Oh shit!" Uh, <laughs> it's not said, a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's never a good thing. I said, "I guess I won't be going there." So I ended up at Tech, but 
The reason I think I chose to go to Tech was um, they had just hired a strength coach named Mike Gentry. And at the time, he had been a strength coach at East Carolina. And there were mm-hmm. two guys he had put into the league that were the strongest guys at their position going in. One was a guy, a linebacker named Robert Washington, and the other was an um, offensive lineman named Terry Long. And I said, if he can do that with those guys, I need to go and I can commit myself to this guy. And, um, I, I, you know, he can make some things happen. So I went in with an open mind. And Coach G, you know, well, you guys know, he works his magic. Well, it ain't magic. It's a lot of heavy lifting and put, pick up heavy stuff and put it down and do it again. And uh, yeah. so I went and competed at a powerlifting competition, a uh, <laughs> state powerlifting competition. And I go in and, you know, everybody has their hometown favorites in some things. And I think I got kind of jerked around on a couple other events. So we come down to the final event and it was, um, you know, we had to do bench squat and then we had to do deadlifts. And I am 65 pounds. I'm 60 pounds down to some clown that I should have been up by about 200 pounds on. And, uh, and going to this final event, I got red lighted a couple of times. Like, well, so we're at the scores table and this dude is telling me what he's going to do. Telling the, you know, you have to record your weights before you go. And so now I'm pissed. So whatever he does, I got to do 65 pounds more. So this guy ends up, I think he like deadlift like 650 pounds. I said, give me 720. And I had to pull 720 pounds off the floor. And I don't know how the heck I got it up, but I got it up. And then I almost went over to fight the guy because I was jacked. But, um, you know, it was one of those <clears> things that if, if Coach Gentry tells you you can do it, and I was one of those guys that bought in and drank the juice and was ready because, you know, as an athlete, some of you, some of you guys are just naturally talented. I just had to get strong to play in Dwight, you know, playing in the box, man. Mm-mm-mm. Fighting in a phone booth. You ain't mm-hmm. you ain't going anywhere. So biggest, biggest, baddest dude's gonna win that battle 90% of the time. And I had to make sure it was me. Yeah, look, man, you you one of the goats, man. I, I told Mike and I told Melendez today when, or yesterday when I talked to him, when Virginia Tech came out with their all-time list in the Beam era. I was happy to be on third team, but then when I didn't see you or maybe you were on there, I just wanted to make mm-hmm. sure anybody that knew you should have been on above me. I I I'll never I ain't no punk. <laughs> I ain't never gonna <laughs> just say nobody better than me. But right, you, right, were, right. you 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 were that dude, man. That's why I wanted to have you guys on. Let me ask you this though. I want to I want to segue into the current state, the current Virginia Tech football team. Um before we get I want, we want to talk about that. I want to get to Hokie trivia. Um you guys both watched the game. You guys were legends in your own right. And, and I think you guys have the best perspective, you and the guys from the late 80s and early 90s, because you guys know what it's like to lose close games. You've been through it before Tech was a household name. Melendez, I'll start with you. When you look at Virginia Tech this season, and you can look at, you know, during the Fuente era, they're currently 4-4. Four and four. They're coming off a... Uh, a good win on the road against Georgia Tech, 26-17. Um, they still have a chance, Mike laughs when I say this, they still have a chance, a legitimate chance to win the Coastal. Uh, look at Mike shaking his head. <laughs> but with that being said, I just want to hear your thoughts, Melendez, then yours, both about the current state of Virginia Tech football. When you see Tech play win or lose right now this season or just in recent years, what are your thoughts? Florida Evans comes to mind. Who? Florida Evans. Florida Evans. 
Damn. Damn. I, hey, I knew this. I knew this. I knew this was gonna be an old school night, baby. Come on, come on, Elaborate. man. Come on, Evans, man. You know what you do to Grant. He threw the place down. Yeah, man, man. Yes, um, man. Yes. I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is, man. It reminds me a little bit of the season when I was at two and eight and one. But um, I look at the offense. I don't see a rhyme for a reason. Um, I don't see a dominant player. I, I don't I don't see a Michael Vick. Um, the quarterback, he has the most rushing attempts, but he don't have a, a Superman seven on his chest running. They say he's fast, but I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I, I don't I don't know who the dominant player is. So when you say that, what would you what would you what so um, I'm not trying to get you to say any hot takes or, you know, what'd you say? You got to right, right, bench right. this guy, fire this guy. Right now, in the current state, you you know, you can't go back to the preseason. You can't, you can't right. fix everything. What would you, what would you say they need to do with Boston College this Friday night, Duke the following week, then Miami on the road and UVA on the road? They got, these are their four games remaining. What they do you got think they one need? job, just to beat UVA. Okay? One job. <laughs> UVA. That's all. Because every year, whoever wins, either uh, you know, Marcus Washington buy dinner for me or I buy dinner for Marcus Washington. And he's been a whole lot of dinner for a lot of years. So. You just put a lot of pressure on them boys. You just put yeah. a lot of pressure on them kids, man. So, yeah. I mean, no, no, but straight up though, man. I mean, yeah, what would you change? What would you if this was your if you was the head coach? Or right. if he was coaching this team, what would you try to do going into this week? That I guess Dwight, what Dwight is saying, what would right, be your right. level um, of execution? I, I would look for balance. You know, there's three things one must know to survive in this world. What is too much, what is too little, and what is just right? And I don't think they have that balanced approach with the offense. I mean, I mean, I don't see any run stability. Um, I would maybe do more nickel and diamond to make the passing. Uh, yeah. And, and That's then what I'm talking about. Dominate the ball. I mean, <laughs> I've come from an era where big boy Wim Boatwright is blocking for Von Hebron, Tony Kennedy, um, you know, all these great running backs. And then, you know, controlling the clock, nickel and diamond, and then go big to Antonio Freeman, you know, um, deep. So I, I would look for a balanced approach because I don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my take. I don't know what they're doing. Bo right, Bo right. What's your current impressions, and what do you suggest? I mean, again, I would love to hear your take, Mike, and I both. You know, I, Vic, I I don't know that I could play in this era. First of all, I think that you know the era that I played in was more controlled violence. Oh no, it okay. Was, uh, you know, it was one of those <laughs> things that you learn to run the ball, and I, I've never I've never understood how you run block. With a pass set, <laughs> how do you run block? And your first step is back. That makes a lot of sense. I don't understand that. So when you play teams like a Clemson or you play teams like a Pitt, who precipitate, who 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 are violent kind of guys, mm -hmm. you're not used to getting smacked in the mouth like that. Mm. That that's a, that becomes a problem. So uh, for me, I like watching guys like the center. You know that uh, Brock Hoffman. I'll, I like the guy. I me like too. That. You me know, too. Give, give me a personal foul every once in a while, but at least I know you care. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. At least yeah. I know you're gonna um you, you're gonna you, you're gonna do what it takes to take care of your folks. So I think one, you got to get back and you got to run the ball. You got to be able to move the ball, get some first downs. And I, I don't know, you know, if if the young man who's a quarterback there now is if he's the the answer for them this year or what have you. And that's that's beyond my pay grade. But I think you got to be able to get first downs and move the ball and just can be consistent. If you can consistently move the ball, can score some first downs and go up top. I like that little Trey Turner. That that brother's got some game. There's a couple of big them. Play trade, big play trade. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, you had him. You had him on a couple of, a while back. I like that young man. I mean, he's going to do some big things. But you know, just move the ball, get some first downs, and continue driving the ball. But you've got to find a way just to be physical. The one thing um, that that we've always been known for when you play, when I played, is that if you were playing tech, you know, get the trainer ready because on Monday, on Sunday, you hurt him because mm-hmm. you know, you know you've been in a battle. And yes. you know, I watched that. It's a calorie. Oh man, just just the the stuff that you like, you know, because if you play this game, if you don't like being touched, you might want to go play basketball or do something different. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. I like what you said about the run game. I would mm-hmm. take it back to the old school. I like yes. lining up in the eye, eye yeah. slot. You know, I like lining up in. Two tight ends, two yeah. two back, two tight ends, yeah. one back. Only one person and let's go downhill. Yeah, let's yeah. let's jump into those personnels because you can pass out of those sets too. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we always did it effectively on every level. Um, and Dwight, you know that I play action game was crazy. Woo! So I mean, I I think we get away from that now. A lot of offenses now, mm-hmm. you watch them and they spread out, like you say, they they run blocking from pass sets, and it's exact opposite of what used to, you know, take place 20 years from that. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. so now it, it, it looked different, but it don't give offensive linemen, I think, um, the, the proper position to make mm-hmm. their blocks, man. Like, they, they're getting put out of position in the run in the run blocking game, and I think that's, that's unfortunate. For, you know, mm-hmm. for the guys who played this game at Tech, I always go back to you want to play a game like you're playing West Virginia. West Virginia at home or at West Virginia, because you yeah. knew when you stepped on the field, yeah. get 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 your aspen ready, get your get your ice bath ready, because that's it's 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 on, and, and you wouldn't have it any other way. That's that, and you get back to playing ball like that, and that kind of tech ball. You win some ball games now, you know. Granted, if we played fifty eight minute quarters, fifty eight minute games, we might be a one loss team right now, you know, something like that. But we just yeah. gotta you gotta get back to playing some good old tech ball, man. And you know, I got no, you know, nothing. Against the the coach there, I, I, you know, I, I I had my druthers as to who I would like to have seen go um, be the coach there, but well, that's neither here nor there. It's the matter is we got a bunch of young men there now who need our support, and they're they're doing the best that they can do, and that's we got to put them in the best position to win ball games. And I'm not so sure that's always happening, but I like to see them get back to put it, using what the skill sets that they have to maximize the opportunities to win. Yeah, no, <clears throat> we say one this. I was going to say, Bo Wright, you mentioned that West Virginia style of play. And I was thinking the exact same thing. But to go even deeper, remember that speech Coach Gentry gave us before that game? <laughs> yes, I, I, I look, That was <clears throat> the greatest speech of all time. I knew in what West Virginia was number two in the nation, right? Yes, sir. Yes, yes. And I knew we were going to win. I, I went in there, I said, dog. It was amazing, but I was thinking the exact same thing. The same style of way we played that West Virginia game, 
and, and, and get Coach Gentry back to give that same speech next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm not, you know, we, you, I'm glad you took us back, man, because Melinda, that's going to transition us into our Alexandria Restaurant Partners. Shout out to our, our sponsor, Alexandria Restaurant Partners, man. They have restaurants in Orlando and Northern Virginia. Check them out at www.alexandriarestaurantpartners.com. Um, they have restaurants in Alexandria, Orlando, Theismann's, Barra Pier. What's my one, Mike, I like? Uh, Tua Tua, uh, Touchdown Wings and Burgers. Um, Touchdown Wings yeah, and Burgers. Yeah. They, uh, they're sponsoring our, um, our podcast now and also Hokey Trivia, which I can't wait to see Melendez both. We have not had anyone go four for four. I think the highest score has been three out of four. So we had a couple of guys, Chris Ellis, um, another Bethel Bruin, he went three out of four. And um, okay. Ike, Ike Charlton and Nathaniel Adibi also did well. So um, we're going to no start pressure, off. Man. No pressure. No, we're going to start off, man, um, with that. Um, the first question, listen closely. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. In 1993, in the Independence Bowl, the Hokies defeated the Indiana Hoosiers 45 to 20. During the game, the Hoosiers lined up to kick a 51 yard field goal when this ball was snapped and blocked by this player. Um, the ball caught, Antonio Banks caught the ball. He returned it 80 yards for a touchdown. Who was the player that blocked the kick? Obviously, it was a defensive lineman. Was it A, Waverly Jackson? Was it B, Lawrence Lewis? Was it C, Jeff Holland? Or D, Hank Coleman? Boatwright, I will start with you. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say John Rivers, but he's not there. That's no, no, no. Ah, uh, defensive lineman interior. And the reason why, and the reason why I gave this question, because if you walk around Tech facilities and if you watch that game, it's one of the best pictures I've ever seen because this player blocks it cleanly. Like it's, it's a picture of him with his hands up, and it, you know, and and. Banks and T. Gray get the credit because Banks returned it, obviously, and, and Banks was known for making big plays, and T. Gray led the way on that block. But the block was crucial, and it was right before halftime. So was it A, was it Waverly Jackson, Lawrence Lewis, Waverly. Jeff Holland, or Hank Coleman? Wait, both right Waverly, got? Wait, Waverly and Jeff were inside, so they they got their hands full. I'm going to go Law Lou, Lawrence Lewis. Okay. All right, Law Lou. Both rights going Law Lou. Um... Mike, who you got? Waverly Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he blocked it. He was, <laughs> hey, he was an animal. I used to go against him. He was an animal. Mike, you're going with yeah, Big he was, Wade. He, big boy. he, was, he big was big boy. boy. Yeah, he played for the coach for a little while. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Okay. They moved him to the other side of the ball. Yeah, they put him on offense. We got to the coach. They moved yeah. him from a defensive lineman to an offensive guard. Because he was what, like eight years. Yeah, man, he was a beast, man. Country boy, too, man. Yeah, uh, big country. Big country. Melendez, who you going with? I got to go with my man, 757, kick it can, law loop. That's what I think it is. Mm, okay. So you guys ready? So Melendez and Boatwright went with uh, my host at Virginia Tech on my visit, Lawrence Lewis. Uh, Mike went with Waverly Jackson. He said that real strong, Waverly Jackson. <laughs> All right. The correct answer is West uh, Western Branch's own Jeff Holland. Jeff, Jeff Holland, oh. Jeff Holland blocked the kick. Jeff Holland, Jeff blocked it. If you if, and I only, you know, when I went, was looking up trivia, as soon as I found this, I put this question together. I said, 
Jeff was the one, if you look, you know, he had his hands up. He had that. This is back in the half shirt. The half Jeff shirt. Had the, Jeff had the half shirt. He's the half shirt. That's right. Yeah. 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 Jeff Holland. All right. Nobody got it. Okay. We down the question uh, number two. It's all right. Nobody got it. Everybody's on one. So here we go. Number two. Frank Beamer played defensive back for Virginia Tech um, for this coach. This was his coach. After he played, um, he became the head coach of Virginia Tech, obviously. And he ended up coaching in 97 against this coach. They lost that day to Kentucky 14-7. Who was the coach that Beamer played for and coached against his first year at Virginia Tech? This was basically Beamer's coach when he played at Virginia Tech in the 60s. And then he ended up coaching against this guy in 1987. So was it A, Charlie Coffey, B, Rich Brooks, C, Joe Phillips, or D, Jerry Claiborne? <laughs> I dig deep. I'm, I'm hold, a, on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. Frank Beamer played defensive back for this coach at Virginia Tech in the, in the 60s when Beamer played. Then after his playing career ended, Frank Beamer became the head coach eventually at Virginia Tech. And in his first year as coach at Virginia Tech in 1987, he played against, I mean, he coached against his former coach, and they lost that game. The coach, the team they lost to was Kentucky, where Beamer's old head coach was coaching at the time. Was it A, Charlie Coffey, B, Rich Brooks, C, Joe Phillips, or D, Jerry Claiborne? Um, Mike, what are you going to say? B, Rich Brooks. Okay, Mike is going Rich Brooks. Uh, <laughs> Melendez, who you got? Hey, when you don't know the answer, you always go with C. <laughs> you know, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, go ahead, Bo Right, who you got? It's Jerry Claiborne. Yeah, you played in You played against some both. The correct seven, man. Come on. But you know what? The correct answer is Jerry Claiborne. But here's the thing. Um, all those guys I mentioned were Kentucky coaches. Yeah. They all, oh, really? Um, one, of them, one of them was a Virginia Tech coach. But the most, no, all those guys were Virginia, uh, Kentucky coaches. I didn't know if you were going to know that, Bull Ray, because I saw your face. You looked like you were stuck for a second. No, nah, I was debating about A. I, I, I was listening for Jerry Claiborne. But if you didn't say him, I was going with A, uh, the first dude. Coffee. Charlie Coffee was yeah. the assistant coach with Claiborne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I tried yeah. to trick you. So both Ray got one. I tried to, you know. I should get two for that because I know two of the coaches, right? No, 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 no. That's that Eastern Shore math, man. Nah, <laughs> <you're gonna> get... <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Number three. I, I hope y'all get this one. This is going to be fun. What was the nickname given to the great running back tandem of Kevin Jones and Lee Suggs? Was it A, Thunder and Lightning? Was it B, The Stallions? C, the untouchables, or D, fire and ice. Mike, I'm going to start with one. you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it again. Lisa, oh, Kevin Jones, man. two of the best that ever did it. Their nickname, and this was this was on posters, this was on ESPN, this was a nationwide nickname for them. Was it Thunder and Lightning? Was it the Stallions? See the Untouchables or um, D, Fire and Ice. Mike, who are you going with? 
I'm gonna go with A, Thunder and Lightning. All right, Mike's going A. All right. Melendez, Bethel's finest, Canadian Football League star, had 20 tackles against ECU. Melendez, state championship coach. I'm building you up, man. Who you got? <laughs> I'm going to go with A, but I'm going to go with Stallions. Stallions, okay. Melendez is going with Stallions. People get on this show, man. They don't realize this trivia is for real, baby. Real okay. trivia, man. <laughs> Boat right, who you going man, with? Man, do I you do I you 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 set this up intentionally because you know that Eddie Hunter, Maurice Williams were stallions, and that Jeffries and Vaughn and those guys they continued that with the stallions. Yes, right. But now what so I'm gonna go stallions too. See, boat right, you are so smart. Linemen are so smart, but sometimes we make it complicated and we don't take what's in front of us. You are all wrong. <laughs> this one, I gave y'all. I gave y'all the, untouchables. the Untouchables. That was their nickname, wow. the Untouchables. Wow. The reason I why I, the reason why both right, I was giving y'all clues because I said nationwide because the Stallions, Billy Height, and the guys that were there with both right, Tony Kennedy, Vaughn, they started it. Andre Kendrick and and Sharon and Emo and all those guys kept it. So the official Virginia Tech name. Is stallions. It was a style. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But, but the nationwide nickname for Kevin Jones and Lee Sugg was the Untouchables because they were just so damn good. And mm. uh, both right, you talk. I just thought mm. you were gonna get. You talked yourself out of that. Melendez, I thought you were gonna get that because look, I know Melendez pretty much all my college, high school into a young adulthood. He always killed me in this kind of stuff, man. So I'm feeling yeah, good yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got that. Hey, I should have okay. got that. that was hey, my man, if this is a PlayStation, you know I'll be whipping your butt though, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He did real quick before we get this last trivia. Melendez in the summers, man. We used to get on the sticks. We played two uh NC two way man. I would get up with him 21, nothing, 28. He was like, <laughs> he said, nah, you ain't getting no house. We're gonna keep playing. He always came back and beat me. I think I got him like <laughs> I think I got him like twice, man. But um, here we go. Last one, guys. Hokey Trivia is sponsored by Alexandria Restaurant Partners. Here we go. Only a select few of Virginia Tech football players have ever been named unanimous All-Americans, meaning they've been selected to All-American teams. It's not that many when you do the research. Unanimous, you know how big this is. Which of the following players have not been named unanimous All-Americans? Okay? So you have consensus and unanimous. Okay. Which of these players have not been named unanimous? Was it A, Bruce Smith, B, Corey Moore, C, Jim Pine, or D, Jimmy Williams? Bruce Smith, wide tackle six, deep as a tackle, even the wide <laughs> tackle six, he got 22 sacks. Corey Moore, was the Big East defensive player of the year twice back-to-back -back my last year than Mike's uh, first year starting. Jim Pine, we all know about him, one of the best linemen of all time, played in the NFL. Quiet. Yeah. Quiet. That and dude then, didn't talk trash at all, man. He was yeah. a beast, played man. next to me. He and didn't then, talk. I had talked trash for him. Yep. And then we have Jimmy Williams. Jimmy Williams from – uh, Bethel transferred to Bethel because he left Hampton High mad. Him and Coach Mike Smith, dad, got into it. Jimmy Williams went over there. Uh, Bethel traded us, you know, was a trader. Then he came to Tech and became one of the best defensive backs of all time, you know, was uh, 
play safety with six four six five playing corner. So which one is it, guys? Which player was not a unanimous All American? Bruce Smith, Corey Moore, Jim Pond, or Jimmy Williams? I'm gonna say D. Jimmy Williams. Okay. All right. Mike saying Jimmy. All right, Lenny, Lindez. Who you got? I want to say Jimmy Williams, but I'm gonna go Jim Pine. Okay. This is a tough one, Jim Pine. All right. All right, and both. Who you got? See, I should know this with Jim. Ah, mm. I'm gonna go Jim Pine. Mm. So Jim Pine was not a unanimous All American. Consensus not unanimous. Okay. Once again, fellas, you are all wrong. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I looked this up. Yes. Jimmy Williams was unanimous. That's how good he was. The For one real? that wasn't was Bruce Smith. Bruce? It was yes. I wow. got it. My credit, my source, go to Hokiesports.com, the official site for Virginia Tech, all Americans, you know, all their awards, bowl game history. I go there every week to get our trivia and compile the questions unless they need to correct it. Because what they do is they put a C for consensus. And then they put a U for unanimous. And I looked at Bruce. I took my glasses off. I called a couple of friends to look at it. Bruce did not have that U above it. Now, I apologize to Big Bruce so he don't come down and find me. But he was not. Jimmy Williams was. I remember when Jimmy Williams was named the unanimous All-American because he was that good. And, you know, wow. um, Jimmy, you know, like I mentioned, he was a 6'4", 6'5", safety, but he played he corner. Stud. He was an animal. He could press. He could tackle. We already know Jim Pine. I told a story to Mike and them a few weeks ago um, doing Hokie Trivia. Jim Pine, one time, both right, you were there. Uh, Dibs, the scout team, gave him the tackle, kept running his mouth, and Jim Pine warned him. Next play, Jim Pine ripped his face mask off with his hand. Ripped the wow. face mask. Am I right, both right? And handed it to him. Yep. Ripped yep. it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there. Yeah. Like, all, he, all he needed to say was, I'm in, in, inevitable. That's all he had to say. Yeah. And he would have been. <laughs> Dude. Jim didn't talk a lot of trash, man. He just said, look, knock it off, good yeah. fella. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he said. <laughs> Jim was the Terminator. <laughs> Jim played in the pros, too, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Jim so, no, no, that was a great trivia, man. So, I went back in time a little bit more, man. I had a lot of fun with that, man. It was, and, and shout out to all those players, man. Corey Moore, you know, everybody, man. Um, you know, we did, you know, I was going to give, you know, I'm glad I didn't get the trivia question because a boat ride. Who was that quarterback you mentioned that was there before Ferrier? Uh, Eric Chapman. He was one of my trivia questions. I said, you know what? Boat Wright's not going to, he's, he's going to remember him. So I didn't, I didn't. Put him <laughs> so guys, this has been a lot of fun. We're at the end of our show, man. We're going to do our soul hoodie. One of our sponsors, man, our soul hoodie shot, hokey shout outs. Um, Soul Hoodie, check them out at www.soulhoodie.com for your college, pro, and high school pro sports paraphernalia hoodies for you to work out, train in, as well as hanging out. They got urban wear. They got everything you need for your gear and paraphernalia. Shout out to Soul Hoodie. Um, this is the part of the show we end, man. We show anybody that's a Virginia Tech alum, a teammate, a coach, anybody. You, it could be a professor. It could be um, one of your close friends, somebody that's dealing with something, somebody that's overcome some great news. Hokey shout outs. You can do more than one. We don't need 25 people, though. <laughs> but <laughs> Ronnie Whitaker went crazy. He named everybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, Bo Wright, I'll start with you, man. Who do you want to shout out for your Hokey shout outs? Could be a current player, somebody, you know, a coach. 
Well, Big Vic, you know I'm an educator, man. I, I work with kids. I actually just switched jobs uh, this July and went from a middle school where I've been there for about 18 years to a uh, alternative high school called the Phoenix Center. So we have kids that have been long-term suspended from their base schools or they're placed there for some other reasons. But shout out to all my uh, my buddies in the struggle in education there. You know, Big Derek Smith has just started his uh, his principalship there up, up your way. Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Daniel uh, played tight end, one of the best athletes I think I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, he's a principal at Colonial Forge High School. Um, you know, so uh, shout out to all my brothers in the struggle who uh, Sharon who's teaching up in up uh, in Alexandria. Tyrone Stead. Yes, sir. Sean, um, I'm, trying no to, I'm trying to get him uh, to take that next step and come on and join me. He can replace me uh, <laughs> when I retire here in a few years. But, uh, you know, all my brothers, Ben, Scott, and some other fellows, man. So shout out to those guys who are, who are working to help um, educate the next group that's going to come through who, who are mentoring and just dealing with folks in the struggle, man, that, that, that this thing we call education, trying to help these help kids uh, – find their path and find some success in their lives. So shout out to those guys. No doubt. No, excellent, man. Shout out to all the educators, man. Thank you for that vote. Um, Melendez, man, who do you want to shout out, man? Uh, I got to give a shout out to 5,800. All the, all the guys I coached back in the day at Heritage High School. Um, that was a dominant team that we had back in the day with Michael Johnson and, um, you know, Daryl Black, uh, Kente Blunt, um, White Vic, you played with Kente Blunt in the All-Star game together. Um, I mean, well, damn, bro. All them dudes went to UVA. <laughs> no. I mean, you shouting out no. all these people that done went to UVA. I mean, come on. Right, this is right. a hokey <laughs> shout-out. This is a hokey <laughs> shout-out. Well, you know, but... Um, you. Go ahead. I'm just messing with you. But those, those are the guys I, I had the opportunity to coach. And, uh, right. And, uh, but then I got to give a shout-out to my class, Von Heverin, Kirk Alexander, Rusty Pendleton. All those, yeah, Dwayne Knight, um, even the guys, um, you know, my main guy, I'm glad I'm blessed to be here with William Boatwright, man. He, he's one of the greatest mentors that someone can have. So um, the list goes on. I even got to give a shout out to the Hampton guys, you know, um, Lenny Lumpkins. Mm. Um, I, I wanted to wear number 10 when I came to, uh, because of Lenny Lumpkins. I always looked up him back in the day. Um, the Rocky Croom, Eric Hunter, you know, um, just great guys from back in the day. And I went to Bethel, you know, and we used to battle on the field back in the day. But uh, um, shout out to 757, all the guys. Um, so thank you all for letting me be a part of this today. No doubt, man. No, thank you, yeah. man. Um, Mike, man, cuz who you want to um, shout out, man? I got two shout outs. I usually do one. I'm going to shout out Keep Short, my center, 1999. Uh -huh. Um, Keith Short was an amazing dude. Um, made me super comfortable playing quarterback. And as a freshman, there's no comfort level other than knowing that you and your center on the same page and he got your back. And then two, I want to shout out Cullen Hawkins, my fullback in 1999. Mm. Cullen, um, we share a crazy story. My first year I came into tech as a registered freshman when I wasn't playing. I used to play around a lot in the weight room and didn't take football serious. And one day Cullen came to me and told me, uh, Mike, you're super arrogant and, and you need to stop playing and you need to get yourself together. That's really? Basically in the next year. Yeah. And, and we was in Castle. We was like taking pictures and we was doing something. He like approached me on a serious note. And I was, you know, just coming out of high school and, and 
you know, it, it meant a lot. It hurt me, but it meant a lot to me. And I knew he really meant it being the leader of the team and uh, not knowing that five months later I'd be in the huddle with him in spring ball and uh, in, in training, training camp. And then, you know, my first game of the year versus James Madison in the huddle before the game started. And I was nervous. He looked back and he told me, I got your back, kid. And he used to always ask me throughout the course of the game, you all right? How you feeling? Now, he was the only person checking on my emotions as a registered freshman. Nobody knew, but Cullen was there for me. So shout out to Cullen. I love you. Shout out to Keith Short. You my guy. I love you too, man. So those my guys who I, I fought in the trenches with. That's what's up, man. No, these are all great shout outs, man. So I'll be honest with you guys. I, 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 I you know, always have my shout out written down on my papers here. You know, you know, I have our stuff for the show, man. But I, I just got to go with both you, both right and Melendez, man. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm for me, you talking about, you know, I'm a father of three. I'm married. I am blessed. I'm doing some phenomenal things in the DMV. Um, Mike and I got this show popping. I mean, the fan, the fans are jumping on board. We're getting sponsors. The love is there. But, you know, an article came out. The Virginia Tech Monogram Club did a feature on me on September 18th, a few days after my birthday. And I posted it on Twitter and Facebook. And I went through and I read it and I posted a quote. And it said, everything I'm doing now is what I talked about when I was living in Fox Ridge and Collegiate Suites. And I've been blessed to have a mom and dad, great family members. You know, Mike, you know, we're close. We've been close for a long time. But you're not going to be successful without having people pushing you and telling you stuff, as Mike mentioned about Cullen Hawkins. You're not going to be living the fruits of your labor and living out your legacy without somebody on you all the time. And Melendez, you came in a, a point in my life right before I met my future wife and you were on me. You know, you were, and it wasn't even like, you know, rude. It was just like you were just always giving me gems and books to read and giving me knowledge. And you, you prophesize what I'm doing now. Between right. you and my wife, you said you are going to be doing so many big things you're not even ready for. People are going to pay you to speak. You're going to be on TV and radio. And I used to be like, yo, this, what's this light-skinned dude talking about, yo? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, next thing, <laughs> and next thing you know, man, like, you know, it all started happening. And then vote right. You know, like Mike said, man, you know, we, we got a lot of guys in the tech brotherhood. You know, so many guys, you know, the Dave Cadellas and the Ty Washingtons and the Antonio Freemans and the Ty Rods. Oh, yeah. And the brotherhood is real. But if you don't have what you guys did, vote right. If you don't have that squat record, if you don't turn down UNC, if you don't stay at Tech, there is no Dwight Vick, TJ Washington, Janeiro Napoli. There is no Derek Smith. There is no none of us because you guys set the tone and y'all took some L's, which y'all stayed and believed in Beamer's process, which gave birth to Beamer Ball, which gave birth to Bud Foster, Lunch Pail, Almation. Those legacies, I'm eternally grateful. So I'm, I'm shouting both of you out right now while you right here giving you, as they say, giving you your flowers. I appreciate you both. Thank y'all, man, for paving the way. Melendez, thank you. You know, I always tell you, man, me and Melendez be having some great debates on Facebook and on text messages, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but, yeah. You know, God puts people in your life, man. So this has been a great, great Vic 757 show talking all things tech, man. So salute to you both, man. And to our fans, we say thank you. Keep subscribing to this channel. The numbers are going up. We're about to be on Spotify. I got my, my, my intern working on it. It's almost done. So check us out on Spotify. I'll make the announcement. Also, we're about to announce the winners of our uh, video contest on why you're a Hokie fan and 
what made you know your favorite tech moments memorable to you. So you're gonna get your gear for Mike and I, Victory Life. So we're doing great things, man. And then there's a rumor out there right now that me and Mike may keep this going and go into basketball season. So you never know. But again, check the Hokies out Friday night, Boston College, 7.30 kickoff, ESPN2, man. Uh, go Hokies, man. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. Go Hokies. Thanks, brother. I appreciate the love, man. Thanks for, thanks for letting me out here. No doubt. Thanks for coming appreciate on, it. gentlemen. And, and D, Dwight. Don't be hating on Melinda and Skin, bro. <laughs> we are who we are. You know what I'm saying? Let them be. <laughs> they still in. They still in. That's right. That's right. Hey, y'all have, have a good day, man. Take care, oh, y'all. Yeah, be good. Uh, <laughs>